This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. And on this first full show back from vacation, we got plenty of Alex Golish along with a little bit more from the AAC Media Days. One of my interviews from last week before we left out of town with Donovan Jennings. Plenty more of those interviews to come as we get set for camp, which will be starting in less than a week. Oh yeah, it's all getting back to the groove as we'll be covering football for you plenty here on Bulls Beat and getting you set for the first fall sports on the calendar, namely soccer and volleyball. Since we have not done a full show in a while, some things to catch up on, a lot of basketball scheduling news to bring you. For sure, we'll do that in our second segment. We'll also give you a catch-up, and it's all good stuff, on the international bulls, especially great news for some members of the softball squad advancing to the World Cup in that sport, and also Carla Brito in Spain just missing winning the gold medal of the under-19 World Cup in Madrid, Spain. But indeed, we will start off with football, and hopefully you were able to listen to Monday's show, where I didn't exactly do a show. I just kind of trimmed together three interviews with the quarterbacks, had a nice conversation with Gary Bohan and Byron Brown and Bryce Archie, learned that the indoor performance facility is also used for yoga and that the team has taken advantage of that. But if you missed it again, we didn't do any other sports. We just had those interviews for you on Monday, and those are on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Alex Golish stepping to the podium after the Bulls were picked to finish next to last in the new look American Athletic Conference. But frankly, if you think about it, when media are picking order of finish and they have nothing to go on when it comes to a certain coach, although if they had done their research, I'm sure some media would have known that the offense of Tennessee. Anyway, the Bulls were picked to finish 13th out of 14 teams just ahead of Charlotte. We'll give you the complete rundown before we wrap up this first segment. But he is optimistic and continues to give us a Good vibe as to how things are going as we get ready for camp. Cool as we open up camp here in a week. Um, fortunate enough to bring bring two players with us. Uh, Gary Bohannon, who's a sixth-year quarterback, young man that transferred a year ago. He's done an incredible job leading both sides of the ball and been a pleasure to be around. And then Rashad Cheney, um, who has been leading on the defensive side and, and has been absolutely incredible for us. It's a bunch of guys we could have brought, um, chose to bring two to represent our program and where we're headed, where we're going. You know, I, I got, got to South Florida eight months ago. Um, it's, been, it's been a fascinating, uh, fascinating eight months, uh, you know, from everything mattering to, to the way that we've gone to work. The energy in the building is, is really converted in a huge way. Um, we've tried to spend eight months empowering our young men, uh, making it really, really cool to be around, making it really, really cool to come in and, and work. And uh, I want to thank our staff. Uh, it's been a, been a really, really cool experience to work with, with the men and women that we were able to bring in. Uh, certainly want to thank our players for buying in and continuing to help us build. Um, you know, there's, there's so much exciting stuff going on. Uh, part of the reason I wanted to be a part of it is because of what's going on. You know, we're, we're building a stadium. We're going to play in a new stadium on campus in, in 2026, which I think is a huge monumental step for us, 26 years into a football program, building a brand new comp, uh, football complex, um, just got an indoor facility up. So we're, we're heading into a direction where the commitment is real, uh, what we're investing into the program is real, and it's been, it's been a fascinating ride. 
We've got 49 new football players on our roster since the day I got there, 38 scholarship guys. Uh, we've gone out and, and tried to fill gaps and also tried to add value um, really on all three sides of the ball to be able to put a roster together where we can go compete as fast as we can. I wanted to include what he said about the decision to bring both Gary Bohannon and Rashad Cheney. Bohannon, his leadership traits, and of course, the likelihood that he's going to be the starter at quarterback for this final season. If you want to hear what he had to say about that, again, go back to what he said to me. But I thought that was kind of an obvious choice. But Cheney, a guy that, you know, listen, the defense, we know what it was last year. And get ready to hear my conversations with some of those guys sprinkled over the next couple of weeks here. They really feel like not only they want to redeem themselves, but that is going to be a memory as far as how poor the defense was. Worst defense in the country statistically. But Cheney particularly being picked to represent that side of the ball. Here's a little bit of Bohannon and Cheney before we get back to Golish as they join the studio portion of the AAC setup there in Fort Worth, answering the question about being able to mesh with so many newcomers on that side of the ball. Actually, I thought it would be harder than what it was um, since, uh, you know, um, when the workout started, guys was in the um, locker room every day before the workouts, after the workouts, playing ping pong on the game. So team bonding, as far as that, we've been clicking the first day. You know, we didn't, we don't have any guys who came in thinking they better than nobody, and that's the great thing about it, getting 50 players to come in, you know, showing up and doing everything the right way, you know, buying in. Because when coaches them came in, you know, we had to start a new culture. You know, obviously, the, whatever we did in the past, it just wasn't working. And so just being able to still hold guys accountable and, you know, guys listen to everybody and take coaching, things have been going great. And you guys got great facilities. I've played yeah. ping pong in that team room before. <laughs> what is that culture that he brings? Give us a peek behind the curtain as to who is head coach Alex Golish. To start off, like Coach Golish always says, be who you say you are. He came in day one, by far the hardest work I've ever seen. Um, mm -hmm. Just to come in each and every day. He's always interacting with everybody. I mean, you see him come in and pick his head in every meeting room, sit down, ask questions, um, listen at us answer questions from our position coaches. And just out there on the field, he's so energetic. He's running around, jumping around in every position group. And I've never seen someone so so locked in on the smallest, smallest, smallest details. Um, just, to, just to have that guy as a coach is, is special because you want somebody that's going to push you and make sure you're putting your best foot um, forward with every single thing you do. And he's been like that since day one. Um, I mean, we couldn't ask for anybody better than that. And we'll pick right up on that theme as far as be who you say you are with Coach Golish and his press conference on Media Day. Unique situation coming into a program with 35 seniors. A handful of those guys have another year uh, in terms of a COVID year, but really a, a upperclassman heavy team, both between transfers and guys that stayed. It's been really fascinating. Eight months watching a program uh, come together, watching a program gel, setting a level of accountability, setting standards, and then holding guys to those standards, both coaches, players. Um, we adapted, uh, uh, and I'm not a big MADA guy or, or wristbands or, or slogans or any of that, but simply said, be who you say you are. Our coaches, our players, our support staff, everybody involved with the program. and and. And I feel like if we can continue to build on that, a bunch of guys and gals that say that, that do what they say they're gonna do, having a level of respect within our building, level of accountability, and really more than anything else, the ability to understand that, that we've gotta be a process-driven group rather than a result-oriented group. Truly believe that process is the only way to build, setting standards within process, establishing processes for everything we do, going to work every day, creating a culture of accountability, 
creating a culture of fun and energy gives you the ability to one recruit to retain and certainly then develop players the way you've got to develop them for us coming off of three years that haven't been successful in any way shape or form it's a matter of building confidence taking this this group where the roster is completely half of it brand new but taking this group and and instilling confidence and again confidence comes through work but i truly believe confidence is earned through work and that's what will give us a shot to go compete at an incredibly elite level so when that happens i don't know uh, but certainly hope it happens sooner than later for us it's about process and getting to where we got to go as fast as we can get there but it's been an absolute joy to come into the building i'm energized every morning i walk in energized every morning that i get to work with our guys our staff and the people that support it like i mentioned earlier the commitment to build our program how it should be built has been incredible. We've spent more money in the last eight months than we've spent in the first 25 years of our program in terms of giving us the resources we need to go play at an elite level and compete at an elite level in the American Conference. Well, I definitely wanted to include that statement about the financial commitment. That would naturally have you pretty energized. Pretty cool stuff there. The conference order of predicted finish. Tulane, after what happened last year, winning the league, not surprisingly, was picked, and this is voted on, by a total of 34 members of the media. Tulane had 20 of those first place votes. UTSA, Texas San Antonio, which won that Conference USA the last two years, picked to finish second, then SMU and Memphis, third and fourth, rounding out the top five. What about Florida Atlantic? Got to say, a little bit surprised to see them up so high, but really after that top four, you could consider the rest of the league pretty jumbled, and indeed the standings, as far as the votes, kind of reflect that with FAU and East Carolina picked to finish six out of 14 teams, and it's North Texas right there in the solid middle at seventh. Drops a little bit. Teams eight through ten are pretty close with UAB getting a nudge ahead of Navy and Temple. Then you look at starting with Navy, and the bottom six predicted order, I think the Bulls can compete with all these teams for certain. Tulsa's picked 11th, then Rice, and then honestly, it is a drop-off. Rice gets 138 points in the media vote, then it's USF with just 86, and Charlotte at 64. So hey, a little bit of, as they say, bulletin board material right there. My conversation with offensive lineman Donovan Jennings when we come back. Then we'll do a little bit of a catch-up. Again, this is our first full show since last Wednesday. Had a chance to go out of town. We'll tell you now to the mountains of Georgia up in Blue Ridge. Had a fantastic time, but ready to roll back on Bulls Beat. So we'll do, again, some great performances on the international stage by the Bulls and also that basketball scheduling news. But when we come back, we'll start it off with Donovan Jennings, offensive lineman on Bulls Beat. This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. I feel like I know this guy, Donovan Jennings. I don't know if I've interviewed you six years in a row, but it is six, right? Am I right yes, about that? Six, it is six. So on this sixth photo shoot, are you like, okay, I, I, were you, are you telling the photographers what to do? <laughs> I'm at this point, oh, yeah, I know. Okay, next station, oh, yeah, I know where to go. But no, yeah, it's honestly a blessing, though, like. You know, we joke around saying, like, I'm old man, but it's like, it's serious. I take it for a lot. I, every day I just take with, like, a blessing and just just know that it could be my last. So, honestly, I'm so happy to be here still. Now, I, I can't I can't recall if you've always had the full beard, but 
first no, of all. No, like, it started to grow. I'm, I'm pretty funny. If you look at the videos from then and now, you would see the progression of the beard. It started as a, you know, just on my chin. It kind of got started getting heavier and heavier, and it's funny. You see the progression of it. And there's no gray in the beard, just yeah. in case anyone no want me to ask that question. <laughs> no stress around I here. got the gray beard. You are a good few no decades stress. away from this. No stress. That's yeah, good. Exactly. Okay, I, want, I, want you, I think you will take this the right way uh, when I say it, but I'll say that I am so glad that you got hurt last year because it is allowed for you to enjoy all of this, right? Speak about how some things can be blessings when you don't see them coming. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Definitely a blessing in disguise. Um, You know, I take for granted, you know, if, you know, I would have never got hurt, I would have never experienced, you know, this beautiful indoor and, you know, getting into practice and, you know, have summer workouts conditioning and winter workout conditioning and, you know, just seeing all the upgrades to the facilities coming soon. It's like kind of like a surreal feeling and just being able to, you know, you know, keep playing this game of football I love for, you know, one more year at the, you know, at the school I love and just being able to, you know, do it with the friends and the family around me and the teammates. And this is honestly a great feeling now, and I wouldn't give it up for anything. You know, we're living in a beautiful area like we do, and I, I visit, you know, Colorado. I'm like, do the people out here, you know, take the mountains for granted? Do we some degree take the, the beach for granted? Is it already to the point where you're taking this indoor for granted? I'm guessing not. <laughs> no, like, um, but it's great to be right, yeah. instilled, right? The, the days you 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 kind of catch yourself taking it for granted, like, I know, like, come on, we used to be on, we used to be in the hot sun all day, every day, you know. When you when you start to take it for granted, then you really start to take a step back and look at everything that you had before and realize what you know, great steps that have been taken this far, and it's just like crazy to see. I know that you guys, especially the experienced guys, and you epitomize that. Uh, want to get it done this year, so. Um, as far as speak to the intensity level of how things are going, and I know it's a ways before we kick things off, but uh, that part of things. Yeah, I know just the energy and the vibe and just the culture of everybody, the whole teammates, staff is just, it's honestly great. Like, you know, everyone, you know, we obviously want to win games, but like I think, you know, winning games is at the front, front row, you know, most important thing that, you know, we need to get doing and, you know, wins game and win games fast. And I think, you know, we got the right staff and the right teammates and, you know, everybody, you know, each piece involved, you know, just training staff, you know, everyone. I think we got all the right pieces to make that happen this year. And, um, and you know, I'm looking forward to the side of the season. You know, there's been a, a time where you could recite who's going to be the starting offensive line right. because you guys had everybody returning. Uh, now, and, and similar to last year a little bit, uh, it's going to be a mix. Uh, give people an idea of, of some of the newcomers. Yeah, definitely. You know, you definitely got R.J. Perry, you know, coming from Tennessee. He's a great, you know, addition to the offensive line. You know, he brings powerful, he brings strength, he brings, you know, speed as well. You know, we got Deontay Bowie, you know, coming from um, Juco. And, you know, he's also a great force inside to have with us. You know, we got Mike Lofton coming, you know, solid, smart, strong, physical offensive lineman coming to lock it down. And we also got Zang Herring and Kilfoyle and Derek Bowman and, you know, people like that, you know, Darrell Bailey and, you know, just, you know, all the additions, you know, that we needed to make this offensive line a good unit because, you know, I've seen what a good offensive line should look like regardless of, you know, our record the past couple of years. At least four of our five offensive linemen in last year should have been in the league and, you know, mm. are getting, you know, in the league right now. So good. it's just, I know, you know, you know what it looks like and you know what it needs to go, and I think we're in the right direction. One thing, and as we start to wrap it up here with Dono, is that you guys are pace, pace, tempo, tempo, and the, the defense is not going to know what's coming. Now, <laughs> think of it that way. The defensive line, you want a rotation because you want to keep guys fresh. You can't exactly do both as far as offense goes. So if you're a lineman, you are out there. What kind of shape do you have to be in, and what kind of uh, offense are we looking at? Yeah, definitely. You're looking at a fast, fast, fast fast-paced offense that, you know, is going to get the call in and ready to play, you know, 
quicker than you can say go. And then, you know, we're just going to be – so as offensive linemen, you have to be in shape. You have to be in great physical shape, um, being able to go down the field for, you know, long plays and being able to withstand the constant motion and the, you know, speed of the game. And, you know, this fast-paced offense is – you know, you got to be on your toes and make sure you're not eating too much cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, <laughs> to get ready for that, you are endorsing that you practice – Every practice outside or maybe a couple inside? <laughs> Man, I, I like to use this, you know, $20 million indoor, you know. It's, yeah. it's incredible, isn't yeah. it? It's incredible. Hey, best of luck. You heard him mention some of the new guys on the offensive line. I can tell that just by hanging around at their photo shoot that guys like Deontay Bowie are already pretty popular. Mike Lofton, who started off last year, in fact, we interviewed him last year, and he just, even though he was a local guy, was easing himself back in. Now his character has fully taken over. Going to hear from him later on this week. And a new character in the receiving core, Michael Brown Stevens. Very productive at Minnesota the last couple of years. And a true personality that I think people are going to get to know a lot of. And he's got a famous family. So we're going to do a no-show Thursday, but full probably hour on Friday. Because with camp starting on Tuesday... And I've still got, you know, more than 15 interviews that we need to air on Bulls Beat. Figured, why not just put together an hour-long show on Friday. So get ready to hear from a lot more on the football team. But we cover every sport here on Bulls Beat. And since we've been out for a week, there's been a lot of, as I mentioned, basketball scheduling news. First of all, the AAC announced its conference pairings for the sport. And this was no small thing for many reasons. First of all, brand new league, 14 full teams. If you're curious, will the conference tournament feature all 14 teams indeed it will some leagues you know lop off say if it's 14 teams at number 10 etc but that won't be the case so it'll be a really packed sort of like an sec or a big 10 situation where i'm guessing there's going to be five days of a conference tournament now but also how many league games there actually will be for everyone and which opponents are going to see each other twice. When you have 14 teams, you can't play a 26-game schedule. You can't play everybody twice. There's not going to be divisions. And you would maybe assume that FAU would be on both the men and the women's basketball team schedules twice, home and away. You would have assumed wrong. Let's start off with the men because, you know, FAU made it to the Final Four last year. The Bulls will only play them at home. And the other teams that are only playing at home are SMU, Tulane and Wichita State for a second year in a row. No men's basketball trip to New Orleans. Sorry about that. The road-only opponents for Amir Abdurrahim's squad will be UAB, which is the team that, along with North Texas, was so good last year. They finished right behind FAU. Didn't get a bid to the NCAA tournament, but ended up playing each other in the NIT championship game. So, yeah, the conference has added some major teams on the men's side. Well, those two others I just mentioned, UAB and North Texas, will not come to the Yingling Center, and neither will Memphis. So a little bit of a disappointment there that three of the marquee teams, I'm guessing those are going to be your top four predicted order teams. Three of them are not coming to Tampa, and the one that is is FAU. East Carolina is also the other road-only team. The home and away teams, there's just five of them, will be three of the newcomers. That's Charlotte, Rice, and UTSA, along with Temple and Tulsa. For a total of 18 games, that's where they've been on the men's side for the last few years. The women have upped from 16 to 18, which only stands to reason with so many teams in the conference. The ones that will only be coming to Tampa are Charlotte, FAU, North Texas and Wichita, the Bulls will head 
to UAB, Memphis, Temple, and UTSA with no return trip. And the teams that they'll play twice, East Carolina, which won the conference tournament, which you may or may not remember from last year after the Bulls were stunned in the quarterfinals. And the other teams they will double up against are Rice, SMU, Tulane, and Tulsa. Saw Jose Fernandez tweet that 90% of the season ticket holders have renewed. In fact, looks like he was on the phone speaking personally to some of them. thought that was outstanding. And also saw, this was great, that this was last week. Again, we're kind of playing catch-up on some things, but wanted to acknowledge Dulce Fankamengiadu was named the Scholar Athlete of the Year for the entire conference, the American Athletic Conference. Sam Hines Jr. was the Men's Basketball Scholar Athlete Representative, and Johan Jeremiah won the Commissioner's Postgraduate Leadership Award. He is from track and field. If you want to check that out, go to GoUSFBulls.com. Now, I haven't seen the entire non-conference schedule. No one has. But from what I understand, the women, if you are someone that likes to plan on traveling with the team from time to time, have a couple of attractive options. In fact, they've already announced the one to the Virgin Islands. It does not appear as though the men are going to play in a multi-team event, which is certainly different. But we do know they will be in... Well, it's a multi-team event. It's a doubleheader. The Orange Bowl Classic, that takes place down in Sunrise, and they will play Florida State. That is official. Saturday, December the 9th. I happen to know that they are going to, it's not been announced yet, be in another similar sort of situation where there's multiple games in one site, but that is yet to be announced. We said plenty of updates on the international stage, and we told you about Carla Brito, who was so good as a starter for Jose Fernandez in year number one as a freshman from Spain. Well, starting and playing for her national team, her under-19 team, played herself to a silver medal and nearly a gold as Team Spain. This was in Madrid. This was last weekend, lost to the United States in a thriller. 7,000 fans, a record for that event. The under-19 FIBA Women's World Cup watched as the United States pulled off a 69-66 win in that championship game against Spain. Cody McMahon scored the winning basket with just 21 seconds left. We saw plenty of her as a freshman last year for Ohio State in San Diego when some of their players got injured. She was the one that put up 30 points against the Bulls. Well, it wasn't just against the Bulls. She ended up getting the winning shot for the USA. But what a tremendous performance by the host country. And again, Carla Brito proudly gets a silver medal. Unfortunately for her, that was her lowest scoring game. She only played 22 minutes and scored three points, but she averaged more than 10 points per game, topped by 19 points along with eight rebounds. In the round of 16, she scored double figures in four of her seven contests, averaged 10.4 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 1.7 assists. And if you go to the USF Women's Basketball Twitter page, they've been doing this for a couple of the standouts called Hype Videos, good 45-second chunks of some highlights. And Brito was the most recent one, and they utilized some of my highlights. I knew this was coming because I was asked for some sound. And trust me, not just football, but all the sports are getting a big boost in their social media side of things. So get used to hearing more and seeing more when it comes to that kind of thing. How about this? And Softball's Twitter page, of course, let us all know that the USF Bulls that play for Puerto Rico are going to be playing next year in the World Cup in Italy. We told you a couple weeks back about how Great Britain, led by Georgina Korik, just missed out on qualifying for a spot. Well, this was kind of the opposite. Great Britain had the upsets early and then basically had two chances to win one final game and 
earn one of those two spots out of Group A. Well, Puerto Rico playing in Group B, and this was last week in Spain, lost its first game to China, which is considered an upset because Puerto Rico is ranked number three in the world. Well, they didn't lose again. And one of the assistant coaches for the Bulls, former player for Ken Erickson, and the number two or three, depending on who the opponent was, hitter in the order for Puerto Rico, Carla Claudio, was a big-time factor. She hit 500, came up with some clutch hits as well, and two freshmen from last year's team, Camille Ortiz-Martinez and Kate Garcia-Soto, although they didn't start regularly, both played and obviously got some incredible experience. After that first loss to China, they were able, Puerto Rico, to win comfortably basically the next four games. The big one was against Cuba, and so you had six countries. Top four would advance to play for the two final spots. Actually, Puerto Rico... China, who again beat them in the first game, and Cuba all finished 4-1, and one, but due to some tiebreaker I'm not completely familiar with, Cuba was kind of the odd team out, so Puerto Rico got to play right in the championship game against the team that beat them, China, and that was the one. Puerto Rico wins it by the score of 2-1. to one. Carla Claudio Rivera, again an assistant coach with the Bulls, drove in one of the two runs, and that won the group. For Puerto Rico. China would actually turn around and lose to the Netherlands, which was the quote-unquote other team to advance out of group play. They were only two and three, but they upset both Cuba and China, so that was kind of a shocker. But when it comes to USF, Puerto Rico is a team that is filled with bulls and will be playing in the World Cup next year in Italy, which is hosting the final group play side of things. She is international. Emma Falscher, somebody that we've talked about with Erica Brennan's women's golf team, an incoming freshman, she just won a big event herself in France, and I'm not going to try and pronounce it properly, the Grand Prix de Lens, L-A-N-D-E-S, but if you go to the USF Women's Golf Twitter page, you can see that she shot nine under par, three rounds of 69, along with a 72 to win an event. Welcome on board to the squad, Emma. Again, this is our last week of doing shows three times a week. Next Monday, we'll be back to a daily schedule, and we will have plenty to bring you. We not only have the start of football camp, but we also have media day, so chances to talk to even more individuals. I know that volleyball's photo shoot is next week, so I'm going to speak to several new members of that team. And we've got some new coaches that we still haven't spoken to yet with volleyball and the basketball teams. But soccer is going to begin its exhibition season next weekend. The women are playing Jacksonville. I'm going to be able to talk to those young ladies as they get together. I know their photo shoot was last weekend, so I was not able to be a part of that. But trust me, like I say, we cover all the sports. And play-by-play year number seven will quite actually kick off next weekend. So no Bulls beat tomorrow. Friday will be a full hour of football interviews and whatever else comes along from a news perspective. We love bringing Bulls beat to you right here on USF Bulls Unlimited. I'm Derek Sharp.